welcome to the Enterprise Blockchain Review powered by Fifth Nine. Hello, and a very warm welcome to the first Fifth Nine podcast of 2019. My name is Philip Harrison, and today's podcast is titled Digital, Blockchain, and IoT, the New Automation Boundary. In today's podcast, I'll be interviewing Yakin Prabdiel, the Managing Director of Fifth Nine, and Ashish Mehta, the Blockchain IoT Director of Inc. Mantra. So, hi, I'm Ashish Mehta. I currently serve as a Blockchain and IoT Director at, uh, at Inc. Mantra. So, we are a boutique uh, technology consulting firm. Uh, in addition to that, I also chair the Blockchain Working Group at the Cloud Security Alliance, which is a non-profit devoted to multiple um, aspects of cloud security. Hi, Phil. Great to be on this podcast for our first of 2019. Um, my name is Yakin Pravdial, CEO of Puff9, a serial innovator, and super keen to have Ashish on the show um, to learn all about the integration of blockchain and IoT and what, what it holds for us in the coming years. Super. Welcome, everyone. And let's crack on. So to start with, let's start with some background information, and then we'll go to some key events of this year and last year. Ashish, let's, let's start off with the CSA. So just for our audience benefit, can you explain to them what the CSA is, what its goals are, uh, how it operates, uh, and what the purpose of it is? Uh, sure. So the CSA is a non-profit. Uh, it's uh, headquartered in the U.S. Um, and it's uh, um, it's a cross it's a cross-platform, entirely member-driven initiative, where we uh, where we try to educate uh, I mean consumers of uh, our research, whether it is in the form of research papers, whether it's in the form of guidance papers whether it's in the form of webinars um, on various key aspects of cloud security. So we have, we have multiple research working groups which are currently active at the moment, which cover every single aspect that goes into your cloud security um, framework. We, we cover everything you can think of, like from IoT to blockchain to software-defined perimeter to quantum-safe computing, so there are in this fashion there are 25 different working groups which have their own independent agendas uh, i would say yeah agendas and uh, to publish res actionable research as well as to produce guidance documents to benefit the community so um, and uh, the majority of the community of the people who are working on these documents are developers or programmers who have ex uh, i would say between uh, anywhere between 5 to 20 years, 20, 25 years of active experience in the technology that they're working on. Great. Super. Okay. We expect there to be 70 billion IoT devices by 2025. And we can assume that a growing percentage of these will transact directly peer-to-peer. -peer. So this is a very real case of blockchain and IT working hand in hand. So let's ask the question, do you see blockchain playing a key role regards to these IoT devices and how will this impact improve the business model? So within 2018, there are quite a few key IoT developments. Uh, Yakin, let's start with yourself. What would you say are the key IoT developments in 2018? So Phil, I think that one of the biggest uh, transitions in 2018 was that of scale. So, so we see a large amount of IoT devices prior to that, but they were service specific. And by definition, they were only accessible to uh, applications which 
require them to be produced at the price points that we deem those services possible. So we now see, you know, in 2017, millions of devices that claim to be IoT capable. In 2018, we started to see narrowband IoT and the rest of the 5G ecosystem kick in that gives us a huge unprecedented scale of hundreds of millions of devices. And particularly in consumer electronics and in cheap edge compute, where the price points are even down to $3 an edge, which is coming close to Bluetooth pricing. So definitely the big trend in IoT has been that of scale. The technologies like narrowband IoT have given us those cost points that allows us to break the barriers to go from nascent into mainstream. But would that move the commodity of being a connectivity play into an application play? And that's where I think a lot of IoT service providers are scrambling to get up into that value-added service space. Beyond that, we also see that 5G has a really strong play in uh, automotive and um, vehicular technology will be driving uh, the 5G play, excuse the pun, because uh, we'll see that smart cities and smart uh, highways will effectively be the first instantiation of the real consumer value that we see coming from this new smart world that we are uh, claiming IoT will deliver us. Super. No, thanks, Laikin. That was uh, insightful. Ashish, on the back of that, was, would you agree with that? Uh, or is there anything you'd see differently with regards to the key uh, development? The one, the most interesting thing that I have seen um, uh, in the IoT space is like there's increasing awareness about uh, on the consumer side about what kind of uh, data that you're sharing through your IoT device with, uh, you know, with multiple third parties. And there's more awareness spreading over this issue and people are getting more and more privacy conscious. So this is something uh, which I have a strong feeling that GDPR, which was implemented in June of uh, 2018. I think, Ashish, you, you know, you're, you're spot on. You know, we did a, a large amount of work in GDPR. We'd like to say that we helped slay the GDPR beast in several enterprise companies. And the one thing that we've learned is that uh, privacy is becoming more and more inherent as uh, people understand the value of their data. People are now understanding that sharing their wearable and health tracker data uh, will have some severe repercussions and them being able to control that sharing and managing those permissions is of the utmost importance. So security as well as implicit monetization as you move through the ecosystem will become uh, two very focal points in IoT. And, and that's where I think we see a lot of the values of blockchain starting to kick off. You know, one of the biggest uh, game changes we've seen with IoT is that narrowband IoT, CATM1, and all these other low-power wide-area technologies will produce the scale that we've not seen before. And this unprecedented amount of cheap, untrusted IoT devices, which will now create all these new business vantage points when you mash this data together, will also add an implicit security challenge. So the way I see it is at the edge, we now have a transition from a relatively small number of devices, which are now well-trusted, to a larger pool of generic devices. But furthermore, at the cloud, Level, we see this new digital modeling happening that bring the digital twins of the real and the virtual models 
it becomes more important more and more important when we start to mash them together to create new business models but more and more trust in combining the data points into information like gdpr and security and privacy and all of the opting in and opting out as we move through the life cycle of the devices so together the high scale edge and the entrusted digital cloud adds more risk to the end to end iot services so that's why i think blockchain adding that into the mix is a very strong business instrument that will alleviate the the additional risk and make these devices trustable as well as as you suggested you know it'll add integrity to modeling these twins all right uh, so the the key factor there is uh, how are you going to audit all those devices which are on the network and make sure that they are doing exactly what they are supposed to be doing so they have not been hijacked by a third party uh, and uh, who's made a, some kind of an iot botnet and you know and he's using those the resources on that uh, on those iot devices for their uh, you know personal uh, whatever uh, personal or business needs so that is going to be one of the key factors there so i have a strong feeling that this is one area where your blockchain will change business models because the moment you add another layer of uh, security on top of that automatically you do two things first is you ensure that um, you uh, you ensure that the attacker has to work harder to get into the the network and the second thing is that uh, you 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 also end up uh, you also give end up giving assurance to the consumer that you know like my resources are not getting wasted because even now uh, in a lot of enterprise deployments uh, we uh, I, i'm personally also seeing this that a lot of um, end users are not 100% sure about the roi of uh, you know building out a large scale iot infrastructure they're like oh, you're doing it okay well and good but where is the roi in this so if we are able to um, give them a clear cut roi with a, a proper picture that okay in 3 years or 5 years your investment uh, will be returned back to you then they are they feel more assured making that investment ashish i'd like to add to that because that is a super important point sure. that that roi point is, is quite an important one because i think with nascent technology people expect to sow the seeds of wisdom and innovation and and let it fester and then one day they'll be able to see a business case which is why you know the the exciting mashups of iot are only just about to start what i think is blockchain will bring this uh, new shared value model to the table because if you use a, a wallet to provide some sort of authentication or or blockchain based permission then what you can do is you can have iot edge points that can opt in and out of the models so participation monetization starts to become a key tangible outcome of this technology merge and then when you add in the value the other instruments are key value uh behind we start to see that the return of investment that solves not just a problem of efficiencies but a problem of creating new business models that previously didn't exist um and that effectively is quite exciting so too can the business models start to become agile business models but the one thing i wanted to ask ashish is with iot and blockchain there's a a natural antagonism with regards to proof of worth or proof of stake 
in the consensus algorithms. What's your thoughts on how would IoT devices being lightweight, potentially even battery powered, how would they get around that? Uh, so, uh, as of now, uh, both, uh, I mean, I would say proof of stake has a definite lead over proof of work uh, for IoT deployments. Um, but the thing is, uh, both uh, your Bitcoin, uh, uh, Ethereum, and Ethereum as well as Hyperledger's uh, Sawtooth, all three are coming up with new newer flavors. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call them flavors, but the upgrades. So we're hoping that once those new upgrades come out uh, uh, sometime in the first quarter of uh, this year, we will see uh, a much faster, uh, you know, rollout of um, uh, iot on the block on on the blockchain uh, as of now it's a it's a restriction i agree that uh, uh, you know we have this sort of tug of war as you rightly put it between uh, you know what kind of deployments can be done and at what scale you can do do them and at what speed you can do them but uh, but this is our expectation with these independent foundations the way they're working all of them, you know, whether it's the Bitcoin Foundation, whether it's the Ethereum Enterprise Alliance, whether it's the Hyperledger Foundation, or whether it's the IOTA Foundation, all of them are coming out very with very uh, concrete upgrades, which should end up, uh, you know, solving a lot of these uh, key issues that uh, which which are bothering yeah. folks at the moment. And I'm expecting I, I, that I to happen. But you say with DAG yeah. and with Hashgraph, there's these blockchain-esque type technologies that potentially offer uh, a low power solutions that still give us the immutability that traditional blockchains give us. Do you see that that's going to be one of those things that uh, will drive IoT blockchain? Yeah, Hashgraph is a little bit further away. So maybe in another two years or so, we might see practical deployments on that. But DAGs, absolutely, yes. DAGs are seeing a lot of traction at the moment. So you can definitely, uh, you can definitely expect more traction on the DAG space, uh, you know, in the next couple of years. Like uh, just last year, you know, the IOTA, they have uh, partnered with um, some, with a, you know, biometric authentication company called IMPASS for, smart, for a smart cities initiative, which is supported by the European Union. Uh, in uh, in northern Europe, it's in in Norway, Ireland, and Spain. So the initiative is called City Exchange. So so you we are definitely we're seeing a lot of uh, traction on that aspect. And the thing is, see, ultimately, uh, it all it's a it's more like a chicken and egg kind of situation. If you don't have uh, developers who are developing on those platforms, you're not going to see any development happening, right? I mean, you can't, I mean, your technology can be the absolute best in the world, but if there are no developers or programmers available, you know, in the market who can code on your systems and who can, you know, release uh, stuff on your, uh, release products, uh, which are useful to the, uh, you know, business community, then that uh, technology, no matter how good it is, it will not fly. Uh, I hope no, I'm making absolutely, sense absolutely. with what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, so the, the developer community is extremely key. So what I have personally, what I have noticed in the IoT spaces that IOTA is developing a very good community of, uh, you know, third party developers 
who are and they're developing some very interesting use cases you know in this um, iot space whether it's smart city or smart grid or you know uh, your mobility um, and that kind of uh, stuff is i'm seeing some very interesting uh, uh, deployments there so and and the thing is the other advantage is with with uh, iota specifically is they're constantly pushing upgrades like um, they not only are they funding some of the most uh, interesting uh, startups that they see but they also are constantly pushing upgrades and improvements to the network so so that is happening with the iota similarly with sawtooth only issue that i personally feel with sawtooth is that sawtooth doesn't have as many developers ready to deploy on that platform at the moment as uh, you know as iota or even hyperledger fabric like recently we launched um, um, a blockchain frame uh, um, you know um, it, it it has an iot component so we we had a we had to make a decision do we go with hyperledger fabric or do we go with uh, you know hyperledger sawtooth so because it was much easier to get de- developers who are confident and who have deployed previously on fabric so we chose hyperledger fabric and that added little bit a little complexity to our uh, solution because uh, our fabric is not a natural fit for iot deployments like sawtooth but the but the thing is because uh, we were very keen to get the solution out to market quickly and at the same time we were very keen to uh, to ensure that you were working with something which is already proven so that's why we chose that solution so just moving then we mentioned regards to innovation and such like so um Ashish, what's your view on the types of blockchain IoT innovation, especially what you see coming through from the CSA um, or from your the different developers who engage from the CSA? I mean, thinking specifically around, for example, the drones issue we had at the UK airport most recently. Correct. Is there anything real-world life example that you're seeing innovation through the CSA? Um, yeah, we, we, we're tracking a couple of uh, players who are, you know, um, um, they're, they're putting some kind of uh, chips which are, you know, on the blockchain, uh, dro- uh, chips encoded into your drone and, uh, and those chips are uh, on the blockchain. So they, but right now it's still in testing and pilot phase. They're not 100% confident about when they'll be able to mass produce those drones. But those will be, uh, uh, those kind of drones will be very useful uh, to, uh, you know, to track in these kind of situations. Because if each of those drones comes with um, a blockchain enabled uh, chip, and that chip, um, the control of that, because it's a, a consensus-driven control, one control could be with the end user, but the other control could be with the regulator. You know, like uh, in the UA, uh, in the UK, you have the FAA, right? The Federal Aviation Authority. No, that's in the US, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So one control could be with them. So if suppose they feel like, okay, this is interfering with our airfield area, then they could potentially, um, you know, uh, shut it down and bring it down safely away from the airfield, like in the, you know, in the uh, uh, Gatwick case, Gatwick airport case. What's your view on the speed of this? I mean, do you think uh, Uber actually going to be right? So I think that the the whole positioning with Uber and their uh, uh, blockchain car initiative is something that, uh, you know, we're going to see the monetization value of blockchain uh, providing some immense value in the way that they want to manage their cars. Um, 
I would separate autonomous cars from blockchain-based IoT monetization simply because autonomous cars have such a bigger ecosystem that only in certain controlled elements like the we see that autonomous cars starts to have these pod-like uh, capabilities that offer immediate in-city transportation logistics value, right? Uh, mainstream autonomous cars are still, you know, many years away, ignoring the fact that uh, that level five uh, autonomous car technology uh, and vehicular uh, capabilities are still not there yet, no matter what Tesla said. So uh, as we as we see that, you know, people like Uber are, are claiming that, they, that these things are happening in areas where Dubai has a smart city, they have the infrastructure to be able to uh, put smart highways, smart roads. It's likely that we will see uh, the first incubators of where 5G, autonomous cars, blockchain, and a large dose of AI starting to emerge in places like Dubai. So we talk about smart city and uh, autonomous driving, and then we try to talk about monetization of blockchain, and I think we need to keep them separate. Because autonomous driving is still further away than we anticipate. Clearly, it has dependencies, notwithstanding AI, 5G, uh, a connected citizen, uh, mindset and culture. And uh, we're going to start to see them embody themselves in certain pockets in our society, whether it's the Milton Keynes experiment or whether it's specific areas in Singapore and Dubai. But coming back to, to where we see blockchain and uh, smart cars working together. I think we'll see that fairly quickly, that cars will start to, much like the digital asset broker, start to procure services through the blockchain themselves because that's a real clear value statement. As the cars become smarter and autonomous driving becomes more uh, safer and people start to trust the technology, it will move out of the closed city confines of uh, uh, like Milton Keynes and move into the mainstream roads. And that's when we can see that those integrations start start to provide the big value. Uh, can can I add something there? Yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah. Please, sorry, I, I was mean, just getting yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the thing is, what I've also noticed is, you know, um, you're seeing a lot of resistance with these uh, with these uh, autonomous cars. You know, in I've seen it recently in the US also with Waymo's cars. You know, their tires were slashed, and you know, because people are still not confident about the whole you know aspect of letting um, a car ride on its own um, and and there is a lot of resistance even today to the to that aspect so my personal feeling is before you see mainstream adoption of uh, completely autonomous cars you will see mainstream adoption of completely autonomous fleet trucks you know which uh, which you, you where you could uh, put them entirely on highways or even mainstream adoption of uh, tractors tractors or tractor trailers you know that kind of stuff something which um, can uh, which does not um, you know which which is not involved in a crowded area or where there's a chance of a pedestrian you know uh, crossing the street and stuff like that so that's the area where i feel personally you will find first uh, adoption of autonomous uh, vehicles uh, and only once that is and people are more confident with that 
right okay there isn't there isn't a, a lot of uh, happening you know um, a lot of incidents of sort people you know getting hit by cars and all that happening uh, then uh, trucks and all that then you will slowly see people get more encouraged to uh, use uh, your uh, this thing fully autonomous uh, vehicles i mean if you notice today people are quite confident uh, with your um, what do you call that uh, uh, what's the word i'm looking for there you know you uh, put the car on uh, cruise control yeah cruise control uh, cruise control is a technology which uh, came out if i'm not mistaken in 96 but it still took them uh, most uh, companies like 8 to 9 years to bring it you know to mainstream adoption and now practically every car has cruise control so so some something along those lines you're going to see here also because automobiles as sector is extremely regulated so that is why it is going to take time to see that happen it won't happen immediately so putting you both on the spot here slightly moving slightly away from the autonomous car aspect but keeping with smart dubai smart city uh, and the integration of iot and blockchain do you think we'll have a smart city which has a widely used iot and blockchain capability within the two years uh if you're sure that it's an entirely smart city where you're in control of everything then yes i mean uh, you you won't have so you know a, a sort of like a bicycle bicyclist sudden uh, by a bicycle driver or you know a pedestrian suddenly crossing the road randomly you know in weird directions or you don't have somebody getting uh, you know uh, drunk or something and walking on the road in the wrong direction <laughs> stuff like that you know then yeah i mean if you're confident about that but otherwise it's very tough as of today it's very tough make sure it's not make sure it's not a university town <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah university towns will be a big no no <laughs> yakin would you agree would you think a yes with those parameters in 2 years of having iot and blockchain integrated in a smart city i i think for smart city definitely it's going to be a controlled environment uh, but i actually see another angle to smart city and blockchain which is if you can indulge me for a second you know uh, today's smart cities are built on the pillars of of individual foundational giants you know you hear the big news of IBM uh, and Accenture and others launching smart city initiatives the reality is that a smart city actually is a heterogeneous environment so you're going to end up with a large amount of sensors and services that are iot or iot esque that want to interact with the smart city either by giving them data selling them data asking for data to effectively give the citizens of the city and the governance of the city a more efficient way of using the the, the shared resources because smart city is all about a shared resource problem so i think that blockchain will actually add a lot of value in smart cities where you have multiple heterogeneous players who are offering different siloed services from a lighting solution for smart lighting on the city streets to uh congestion control traffic management uh smarter buildings all the way through to your traditional smart cities of of waste management and uh, uh and, and, and uh, you know people movement so with those silo solutions being built by the 
the big stalwarts of smart city industry, today they don't talk to each other. There is no common means. And everyone believes that the answer is stick an API in there. And, and as soon as you have five players, and remember, smart city will have 30, 40 players when it becomes mature. Just five players asks you to do 25 integration points on ever-changing API sets. And that's where I think blockchain can provide an API-less way of data provision, data uh, authentication, and the creation of new business models. So my, my, my prediction for 2019 is you're going to find some um, non-API-based cross-industry smart city applications popping out where those services are actually applied to in some sort of blockchain-type marketplace. Super. Okay, final question for everyone. I'm going to go around the table on this one. So let's look forward to 2019 and about the predictions. What I'd like from you is your number one, your top IoT and blockchain combined integrated prediction for 2019. Let's start with the chief of yourself. What's your prediction for 2019, your top one? Um, you're going to initiate. You're going to see more deployments happening, and uh, on you, you know which are uh, deploying existing IoT infrastructure on blockchain systems, at least pilot cases, and that is going to you know uh, happen over three next three to six months, and depending on how they perform, those deployments perform. Um, you will see at least some cases going out into production, if not all. And um, uh, people are going to look at more control environments initially. Like, like Yakin mentioned, smart city uh, control environment where they would look to uh, deploy these kind of solutions initially. Um, that, that would be one. And the second will be that uh, increased focus on uh, privacy concerns. GDPR will definitely be one key concern, but there will be other concerns also. Like for uh, medical devices, you'll have HIPAA. Yeah. So that will also be a, a very uh, key concern there. So these, uh, if you are, if you're able to address these couple of concerns um, in, at the initial stage itself, before your de device is even uh, deployed, that will uh, be a very good, you know, yes or tick mark for your uh, solution. So I think if we're going to talk about something that's going to happen very quickly, my initial prediction is that we're going to see some closed user group uh, or private DLT solutions uh, that will emerge, that will uh, comprise of permissioned blockchains being used inside uh, closed user groups or silos of IoT services, predominantly for either securing the edge device and using blockchain as a, as a cheaper, more scalable way to create immutability at the edge. And then further to that, extending that use case for using that digital identity to, to actually gain access and manage that device's lifecycle of access. Um, so that's what I see in 2019. I also see further long tail in 2019 that people will start to realize the threats of quantum compute and that we'll see more and more uh, quantum proof or quantum tolerant technologies and blockchain starting to emerge. And I think that IoT will be an early incubator for those technologies simply because of its scale and its proliferation around the globe. So the geographic reach and the mass of IoT will effectively make that problem statement very real. 
Right, great. Well, we'll have to wait and see to see which of those come true. But that concludes this year's very first podcast. So I'd like to say thank you very much to my guests. It was Hakeem Prabdiel and Ashish Mehta and I'm Philip Harrison. And I hope to see you all and uh, hope you listen to the next podcast. Thank you very much.